Welcome to Consider Yourself Hugged. I am your host, Tammy West, and I'm so happy to be with you this first week of 2023. Um, You might notice a wee change in my background here, and that's because I've moved my studio from, once again, from, well, you may remember originally I had the podcast closet, which I dearly loved. And then I moved and we did a studio in the garage, but now I've moved it into my office. But my wonderful photographer husband, Tim, has not helped me like set up the background, like a backdrop or we haven't gotten all that set up yet, Um, but it's coming and there's a reason it's coming. And I will tell you why in just a few minutes. So first, I really need to apologize to you. I, I didn't have a podcast last week. And I hope you know that, and I hope you were bummed about it. So I hope you were like, oh my gosh, where's that podcast? But I want, I want to be completely transparent with you because I did post on social media that we had some um, travel issues. We had some health issues, like every single one of us were sick and it wasn't anything awful, but just like, bleh. Um, half the people who were supposed to come to Christmas didn't come to Christmas because they were sick. And my son missed his flight and had missed Christmas Eve with his grandparents. And he finally got in at like 10 o'clock that night. And it was just like one thing after another. So I always set reminders on Wednesday morning. And my reminder goes off at five o'clock, just in case I forget to post the show notes. Because the show posts usually at 4 a.m. But I can't post the show notes until the show posts or else it won't have a link. Anyway, and I'm not gonna well I do get up sometimes at four but anyway I set the reminder for five and that way I can get it all together and get the show notes posted well I'm up last Wednesday morning and I'm having my coffee and my reminder goes off to do the show notes and I was like I didn't do a podcast that's like how crappy I was feeling I didn't even and I'm like do I need to set myself a reminder to record the podcast because honestly this is one of the favorite things that I do But anyway, I'm sorry. And I do hope that your holidays were just everything that you wanted them to be. I hope they were special. I hope you had a great new year. I hope you had a great Christmas. And my last child who was home for the holidays just left this morning. So it's back to just Tim and me. And I am pumped for 2023. I'm so pumped for 2023. Part of the reason for this new studio that you're going to see evolve, maybe by next week, I'm not really sure, is that I am going to record a class that I will be promoting sometime, hopefully in February. So I hope that you'll sign up. I hope that you'll join me. And there's, I struggled, like when I thought about recording today, I struggled because there's, and I was like, why am I struggling? All day long, I've been struggling. It's like mm, two o'clock here, central time. I should have recorded way earlier. I should have recorded yesterday, but I've just been like, what am I going to say? And I think I figured out mostly it's because I have so much that I want to say to you as we go into the new year, but we missed last week. And so now I'm like, wow. So I think we'll know by the end of this recording that I'm going to do a part one and a part two, because I just, I can't quite get my brain wrapped around all the things that I want to tell you. So I thought what I would do today, you know, I titled this, hang on, let me read the title again. I titled this, Your Mental Health Treatment in 2023. Where have we been? Where are we going? Um, And actually, I should probably put in there, where have we been? Where are we? And where are we going? Now, listen, by mental health treatment, you know, I mean, that could mean that you need actual treatment, you know, the 
the the title of this podcast is mental and emotional well-being so it doesn't mean that you have to have a diagnosis i want you to be mentally well i want you to be emotionally well so mental health treatment can be anything that you do to help keep yourself mentally healthy now for me historically and currently now it's been more of a it's been more of a, a a treatment because I am really struggling with my mental health at one point, or I have been at one point, it was a diagnosis. You, you probably know some of my story if you've been with me before. So hopefully this is going to be a two-parter today. I want to share a little bit of where I've been, and I want you to think about where you've been. And then I want to share just a, a bit of history with you so that you can kind of think about, well, where like I'll tell you where I've been and you're going to think about where you've been but where have we been like as a history in treating mental wellness keeping us mental mentally well and you know I guess the question too is are we moving forward am I moving forward are you moving forward so a bit about my history you think about your history I'll think about mine as a child I and and my, I was born in 1964 so as, as a child I was having panic attacks at about the age of nine. So this was in the seventies and there really wasn't like a, a definition of having panic attacks. I was very anxious. Again, there wasn't, we just didn't talk about it. It was in the seventies. And so my mom took me to the doctor and my treatment was to breathe in a paper bag when I was having these panic attacks, which by the way, if you have panic attacks, breathing into to a paper bag is like game changer. So do that if that happens to you. Um, so that, that was it really. I mean, that was all. So I, I had anxiety all this time going to school. I had anxiety. There was, there was just nothing that we really did to that. So growing up, no real treatment when the panic and anxiety became so bad when I was 30. Yeah, I guess I was 30 then, and I could no longer function. And so several steps, several things had to happen. So Let's jump into the old medical records and take a look. And I made myself some notes. So in August, actually August 11th, 1995, I went to my medical doctor for anxiety. He referred me to some sort of a community center, which I don't really, a community assistance program at Centennial Parthenon Pavilion, which is a hospital here in Nashville. So I'm not really sure what that was, but she recommended outpatient counseling, outpatient therapy. So I was good. Um, on August the 14th, I found that counselor and I went twice and I've shared this story before. It's not in my medical records, but I share it all the time when I speak. So I go to this, I'm having like severe panic and it was related to a teaching job. And, you know, I've already shared a lot about my story on earlier sessions. So if I think about it, I'll put a link in the show notes. I might forget but I've shared my story a lot. So I go to him twice that day. And because I can't, I, I'm, I feel like I'm completely out of control. I can't function. I'm completely distraught. I'm just flying. I, I, I can't even describe it. It's been so long ago, but I still can kind of feel it in my spirit. And the second time I went, his advice was, this is about a job. Then why don't you just not take the job? helpful. So that was on August 14th. On August 15th, I went back to my medical doctor and in his own words, let's see, I wrote it down on here. I was quote 
almost immobilized and had really gone downhill. Admission was recommended to the mental hospital. Off I went. So I made a list of the treatments. Okay. So what we've gone from here, as far as treatment for me was first, I'm going to my medical doctor, then being referred to this, whatever this center was in the hospital, them deciding outpatient therapy, going to the outpatient therapist, going back to my doctor and my doctor recommending admission. So it was, and, and all of that actually occurred within just four days. So I was really going downhill quickly. And so when I was discharged, I was in the hospital. And then the outpatient part of that was, I made this list here, Zoloft, Xanax, Unisom, which is over-the-counter sleep aid, and Excedrin PM, which is an over-the-counter sleep aid. So after my stay, I remained on Zoloft for probably a couple of years. I didn't, Xanax was more than I could handle. Clonopin is another drug that's kind of related, and that wasn't quite as severe on me and my body. I could function a little bit better. So Clonopin was for the, the really serious kind of crisis times when I could couldn't get in the car, couldn't go anywhere. So I continued therapy, um, all of that for a while. And for nearly, so now jumping forward, for nearly 25 years, I was off all my medications. Um, still had counseling occasionally, but off everything until, as we say, COVID. Everything is until COVID. And again, I've shared a lot of that. I'm not, your life has probably changed. You know, all of us has had some kind of effect from living through this pandemic. It changed my life completely. And everything, you know, all of my triggers were trigged. I know it's not a word. All of my triggers were triggered. Everything was triggered. And so I did go back on, not Zoloft, but I went back on Clonopin which was rough. I'm just going to tell you, you know, I may do a session at some point just on medication, but it, it take, for me, it took a couple of weeks to not feel like I had the flu. Basically when I would get up and take it in the morning, I would feel tense, shaky, more anxious and cold and just really awful. But I knew from times past that that was going to pass. So I went back on, um, I went, I went on Lexapro in Let's see, that was probably October or November of 2020. And then I was on it for six months. Things were getting a lot better. Six months, I think, could have been more. And so I talked to my doctor, decided to wean myself off. And then several months went by. And it, one of the things I always ask myself about my mental health and whether or not medication is something that, that I want to do is, am I still struggling even when my triggers aren't being triggered? Like, am I struggling with daily life? And I really was it just for some reason, I just couldn't pull myself out of it. So I decided to go back on it, which I currently am. And it, it has helped me tremendously. There's so much um, controversy out there about medications. And I'm going to speak to that in just a minute, but it's been very helpful to me. But now I'm at the point where, and I've said this before, I don't think for me that my triggers are broad enough that I want to be on medication for the rest of my life because it's very situational. But here's what I here's what I noticed. Here's what I finally realized. Through that pandemic and as my mental health was suffering, I didn't do what I used to do. I stopped learning. I stopped growing. 
I stopped being curious. I stopped thinking about what I needed to do in my life to make it better. And so that has changed. So over the past few months, I have just immersed myself in books, in podcasts about mental health, in blogs, in, in talking to people and getting advice and talking to my doctor. And so I, I'm going to talk more about what my plan is next week for 2023. And that's going to include something called EMDR for trauma. So that will, that'll happen next week, but I'm done. It's not that I'm anti-medication. It's not that at all, but it does have some side effects for me. It makes me a little bit sleepy. And I just, I don't think that I need to be medicated for the rest of my life. I believe there are some mental health conditions that are immensely helped by medication for, and I'm not, I'm not a doctor and I'm not recommending that you do, or you don't take medication or that you start or you stop or, or none of that. As you know, that I've said before, just don't let anybody shame you into not taking care of your mental health, whatever that means to you. So this is where I've been, um, where I am. I hope that you've thought about where you've been and where you are. But I also mentioned before we go, I wanted to talk just a little bit about where we've all been, like historically. And I am going to do such a disservice to this book. And I thought about just not sharing it with you because I don't have like the organized details. But I'm going to just kind of share with you how it impacted me. It's a, a I've been listening to an audio book. It's called The Mind and the Moon by Daniel Bergner. I will put the link in the show notes. It's fabulous. I heard about it because he was interviewed on a podcast. So I listened to the interview. I bought his book. He shares stories of his brother who, who had mental health issues and two other people in his world. He, so if you're, if you're interested in a little bit of, of interesting history about mental health treatment, um, and some stories and some thought provoking advice, I mean, check it out. So I, since it's an audio book, I, I didn't, I didn't, I usually listen while I'm walking. So I didn't take any notes until so I'm like, Oh, I can't remember all the details of what he said. So I just made a few notes of what really struck me. And I don't know if you know this, you might, you probably do, but here are the, here are the things again, no dates, no details, but early mental illness was treated by chains and restraints. You probably know that at some point, um, and I don't know that this was in his book, but you probably know that at some point people with mental illness were thought to be witches. They were burned. They were banned. Anybody who exhibited this behavior that just didn't seem normal. But at some point, chains and restraints became frowned upon. And a lot of the researchers and philosophers and doctors began to think, you know what? These people probably need a serene environment, a calmness for their spirit. And actually there were some institutions created where they could get that, but that wasn't enough. And, and that changed again and that morphed. And so through, I don't want to say accidental things, but just like penicillin was discovered through, well, we'll just call it an accidental thing. Um, electric shock therapy became a thing. And I remember when I was in the mental hospital, they brought, so, it, and this was in 95 and they would bring people back. It happened several times on the gurney who had gone through this. And so that, that was followed by the fabulous lobotomy, which in the beginning was actually 
um, boring holes or taking out pieces of brain. I think I might be saying that wrong, but at some point it became peeling the eyeballs back and inserting like needle-like spikes into the brain. Sounds barbaric, right? I mean, it sounds awful. And it, it would have this effect of like sort of the walking zombie, like it calmed whatever this, the mental um, illness behavior was, but the person wasn't really the same again. But what about today? You know, what about, or, or going forward after that? And today, those, those practices, I really don't know if electric shock therapy is something that's still happening. Lobotomies, I don't think so. I'm sure hoping not. But what about the medications? And, and I'll talk a little bit about more about that next week as well. But some of these earlier medications basically left the person the same way. And there were medications, and Daniel talks about this in his book. And again, I don't have the specific details, but they were promoted for everything from mental health related behaviors to, oh, you're having conflict in your family. Here, just take this pill. And so it was prescribed for everything. And, and I'm just going to say it again, I'm just not giving this book what it needs, but it just really struck me when in most of this, I was listening to in chapter two, and I haven't finished the book, by the way, but I'm just listening to it thinking those poor people. And you know, that's a carryover today. We still have that carryover of, of not talking about mental health because a lot of people just don't understand it. So I hope that that was at least giving you something to think about as we go into 2023, you know, where have you been? in your mental wellness? Is it, was it a, a diagnosable mental illness? Was it in 2022 or, or beyond your, your childhood, your growing up period, your, your older years, teenage, um, young adult, maybe you are a young adult, where have you been and where are you currently? Are you like me? where you just sort of stopped trying, you stopped being curious, maybe you're on medication, but you're not doing anything else. And I've always said, and I will continue to say, medication can be very helpful, but it's not enough. Not if we're, we're just not growing or not learning or not making changes. So where are we going to go in the future? That's the important part. And the future means like in one minute, tonight, tomorrow, next week, next year, the future holds everything to us. And I'm so excited for 2023 because 2022, especially the second half of 2022 taught me that I am passionate about this topic of mental and emotional well-being. I am here for you. I want to spend more time with you. I'm going to, to just start sharing more about this class that's coming up. I am doing an updated edition of the stress club, and I'm super excited about that. So I hope in your world, you have a lot of exciting things coming up for 2023. I hope that you learned a lot of lessons for 2022. And now more than ever, I, I don't even think I've asked you the last couple of times, please subscribe and rate and download and invite your friends. If you're a woman, please join the Facebook group, um, a place for women, consider yourself hugged. And I'll post in there more specific things that are just geared toward women. Follow me on Facebook. Just stay connected because 2023 is going to be the year where we are going to make big strides. So until I see you next week, consider yourself hugged.